Welcome to the Anti-Illuminati Party. My name is Daniel Leach. I'm your host today. I will be joined by John McGuire, uh, a friend of mine who is a biblical scholar, and we will be talking about, basically, will the real Jesus Christ please stand up? That's the topic. Um, We're going to be talking about scriptures from the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 53, and we will also be talking about uh, the tomb of Jesus Christ. Now, myself, I am a believer in Jesus Christ. Um, I am researching. I have been a believer since I was 27. I am currently 39 years old, so that's over 10 years. Um, now, I keep an open mind as far as what I believe um, in my Christian viewpoint. Uh, I do believe that Jesus Christ was a man who was sent by God, who had the indwelling Holy Spirit, and was God in the flesh. I do believe that Jesus Christ did die and that he was resurrected. Um, Now, I'm not exactly sure what happened after the resurrection, and some uh, scholars believe and teach that Jesus Christ ascended to the Father, uh, that he's at the right hand of God, and that he will return at some point in the future um, after the tribulation or before the tribulation um, period. Um, These are all topics and uh, things that we discuss on this program here. Um, Now, like I said, I tend to keep an open mind on what I believe. Um, Is it possible that Jesus Christ um, did go to India Is it possible that Jesus Christ did have children? Um, There are many different websites that talk about this. I believe that the Knights Templar uh, also talk about this subject. Um, Do you ever see the movie Da Vinci Code? It uh, talks about this. And anyways, this is, uh, we're going to introduce our friend John here and see what he has to say about this specific subject. Hello, Mr. John McGuire. Good afternoon. Good evening. How are you today? Not bad. How are you? You know, I cannot complain. I'm blessed. It's a beautiful day. Uh, The sun is out, and uh, I get to talk about my favorite subject with you today. Are you there? I can't complain either. It's a high of 70, so... We're happy here. Awesome, man. Um, so we were talking, we were discussing on the program, before the program, we were talking about some of the uh, implications of things in Christianity that have basically been hidden from the general public. Um, one of those things is the tomb, supposedly the tomb of Jesus Christ, We were also talking about the scripture Isaiah 53, which kind of indicates that Jesus may have possibly had children, uh, offspring, and this is not taught generally in the mainstream Christianity. Um, And so... They don't talk about it. 
It's just not talking right. about it. Absolutely. Like now, like reincarnation. What are you? Go ahead. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna give you the floor for a minute. I'm gonna let you okay. talk about a few things here, and um, just just uh, tell us what you and, and recently what you've been uh, researching and what you found out about this specific subject. Well, um, about uh, Jesus's, um, well, I've been researching that. I've been looking more at the uh, kind of racial makeup of the Hebrew people, like not to be confused with the Israelis, which is pretty interesting. Um, we, I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, we're talking about his bloodline. It certainly seems relevant that he had a very dark. Apparently, a very dark comparison. Um, because that was uh, that was that was one of the identifying features, according to historians like Herodotus and Tacitus, of uh, of the Israelite people. Um, so, and Semites, I guess, Semitic people generally, uh, who, by the way, of course, we know came you know the the, the Israelites came from Egypt. Also, Herodotus, Herodotus points out that they um, that the tradition of male circumcision or genital mutilation, as I would call it, um, started in Egypt. That was that's Herodotus's contention, which makes sense because in Africa, you know, they like genital mutilation. I guess some places, right? So. Um, Anyway, there's all that background, and then, um, you know, I mean, even England has traditions that Jesus went to England. Um, so, again, like the official churchy narrative is that Jesus never left, and he sent the apostles out. That's what apostle means, sent out. Um, but uh, a lot of people, a lot of people who are from places where they say Jesus visited have a different different. India, England, um, these may have been part of the trade route of Joseph of Arimathea, who was um, a kinsman of Jesus, I believe. They traveled, uh, and he was, of course, buried in Joseph's tomb when he died and was buried, at least, at least by the by the narrative of the, um, you know, canonical or synoptic gospels. So, anyway... Absolutely. Um, you know, I'd like to read this uh, scripture of Isaiah 53. Um, Isaiah is a, a prophetic book, and it talks about the future a lot. But it also talks about the prophecy of the, the coming Messiah. Now, when I read this scripture, I'll tell you, um, you know, I've read the Bible several times. And from front to cover, from cover to front, you know what I mean, or from cover to back, <laughs> back to front. And every time you read the Bible, you see something different. You read something different. You might have a better understanding of it, maybe due to uh, other teachings, maybe other life experiences. And you know, for years I had talked about. Um, well, I haven't talked about it, but. There have been movies and there have been books written about Jesus having children and offspring. 
And being in the mainstream Christianity, when I first came to know Christ, uh, they never spoke about this. And if you did speak about this, you would be considered a heretic or a lunatic or, you know, just plain crazy to believe anything outside of the mainstream Christianity. But I've Some come kind to... Some kind of tech. I've come... Yeah, right. I've come to a point where I keep I keep an open mind because I every time I I keep an open mind I learn something. Um, you know I I stopped going to the mainstream churches because of that. Um, you know the name calling or the the failure to 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 want to learn. A lot of times they want to keep a closed mind and and not let the Holy Spirit speak to them. Or mm-hmm. if so, you know, obviously you understand what I'm saying. We've had these discussions before. So I'm going to read this scripture, and I'm going to come to the point, and uh, where can I, basically can I jump in? Can I jump in with something? Sure. Uh, absolutely. That topic. Uh, before you read this great scripture quote, um, I want. I think it's very interesting that the, a lot of Christian churches they they talk about the soul but not so much about the spirit, which is interesting because we know the spirit is more important than the soul in the scriptures. Anyway, just a good thought. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Sorry, I had a call coming in. I, I didn't take it, obviously, but I'll have to get back to that phone call. Um. So, let me read this scripture to you. Um, I'm going to read it from the beginning of chapter 53 to the end of this chapter. Uh, And I took out this specific uh, scripture and I put it on screen. It's uh, Isaiah 53.10. Anyways, I will read that 53.10 to you and then I'll read the whole scripture. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Now that's the scripture that really um, caught my eye because I, I, I'm sure I'd read that before, but I didn't quite understand it or I didn't quite look at it the same as I, I do today. Um, now, I'm going to read... I think, read, we, I think we all know that feeling. Right. We all know that um, feeling when you read something and it doesn't... Like Genesis. Yeah, absolutely. This is a, this is a scripture of Isaiah 53. This is a, a prophecy of the future Messiah. This is before Jesus was ever born or even... Um, walk the earth as far as we understand. So this is a this is from the Old Testament. This is a, from the Torah, which is a, one of the first five books, I believe. And so this is a, how it goes. Who has believed that we have heard what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant. And like a root out of the dry ground, he had no form of 
comelessness that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he was. He, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Upon him the chastisement that made us whole. And with his stripes we are healed. All like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened his mouth not. Like a lamb that was led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that before its shearer is dumb. So he opened his mouth not. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generations who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression. I guess this is going to, the blog talk radio is possibly going to end here. I didn't realize it was so short, but I'm going to try to finish this up. Um, But we're going to keep recording with the YouTube video here. Um, By oppression and judgment was this taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgressions of the men of, of my people, and they made him his they made his grave with the wicked, and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief when he makes himself an offering for sin. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. That's the scripture I was talking about. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the fruit of the travail of his soul to be satisfied. By the knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear with their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and made the inception for the transgressors. Anyways, that is the scripture, Isaiah 53, that I believe is going to transform Christianity and the world. Um, specifically the fact of Isaiah 53. I, I think until mainstream Christianity can grasp the fact that the scriptures said that the Messiah would bear children. bring. I actually did a research on that specific word, and it talked about sexual relations not just spiritual generations. So this is something that I guess if you're a Christian, you have to come to a point of an understanding that it's possible that Jesus Christ had children 
Is it possible that he did not have children? I don't believe that the scripture would lie to us, but I do believe that men of the cloth would lie to us, maybe out of willful ignorance, maybe, um, I don't know. They've been taught, and it's been passed down for ages, um, and so they... They're afraid, maybe. They're afraid of looking at this. But I say it doesn't take away anything that Jesus Christ had done on the cross. Um, I mean, geez, what would be so bad if the Messiah, the guy that we've looked at for generations, had children? I mean, that. what would that take away from what he did on the cross? That's my question. Well, uh well, I, I mean, the bottom line here is hear the word of the Lord, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, if if we're gonna go, if we're gonna go on the assumption, and the gospel seems to use this this scripture as prophecy of Jesus's crucifixion, then we have to read the whole scripture. It's like, just like when Jesus said, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" You have to realize that's the opening lines of the psalm that ends in hope. It begins in despair and it ends in hope. And so just so with the scripture that I think the centurion or Pharisee or somebody quotes, um, maybe just in the movie, was that quoted in, in the actual Gospels? Anyway, the point is that the church fathers decided that was a, a prophecy that Jesus was gonna was fulfilling. I mean, if that's true then they have to take the whole prophecy or nothing. I think. And that's just what, right? Well, you know, in mainstream Christianity, they like to pick and choose what they want to believe. Um, and it's specifically for feeling good. You yes, know, it's a um, or feeling bad. You know, I mean, like the the beginning of that, of that scripture you quoted, um, always quoted like I was raised Catholic when we did the Stations of the Cross and it just made you feel down like you were supposed to feel like on Friday or on Good Friday when you know but it's just about feeling it's not about thinking if they had quoted the whole thing you'd start to thinking hmm Um, the second point I want to point out here is that Jesus says it is the spirit that gives life and the flesh is of no avail so the point is is that he sacrificed himself. The point isn't that he died or didn't die, I think. But that's just kind of in keeping with uh, the traditions of a lot of the Egyptian Christians of the early, you know, first and second centuries. Right. Yeah. But the bottom line is is that is that uh, the love of power doesn't share a lot of room with the love of truth. I mean, they're not very close, truth and power. They're not good friends at all, you know? <laughs> right. So I guess that's history. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting. There's uh, If you go on Google and you look up the bloodline of Jesus Christ or Jesus Christ having children, you come up with about 68,500 uh, results for this specific topic or, you know, the children of Jesus Christ. 
Um, to, to me, that's pretty amazing. Um, even Wikipedia has a page, you know, uh, about the, G- the bloodline of Jesus hypothesis, um, saying that J- Jesus Mary had married Mary Magdalene and fathered two children. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's just outstanding that, you know, I didn't hear any of this until after I left the mainstream church. Um, it, to me, it's, I just, you know, I know that I'm probably going to wind up getting, you know, some friends that are going to tell me, oh, you're a heretic, or I can't talk to you anymore. Um, it's just, you know, do I give in to the peer pressure, or do I give in to the scriptures, you know? Um, personally, I'd rather follow the scriptures and keep my sanity of not being willfully ignorant. Amen. You know? Yep, sometimes so. sanity and peace aren't always the same, right? Sanity and having everyone like you, I have to choose one or the other sometimes. Right. Now, I'm not I'm not saying that Jesus had children. I'm just saying that it's possible that the scriptures there are scriptures that that specific scripture Isaiah 53 makes it possible, okay? Without that scripture, I wouldn't have believed it. I would have thought of it just as being a conspiracy theory. Um, <laughs> well, the bottom line is is that is that this, uh, like whether or not he did, the point is is that churchianity is, doesn't seem to be a house built on solid rock, the way we're taught to think but a lot of times it builds on sand. And that's kind of where we have to use discernment of spirits and say, wait a minute here. Where am I going to where am I going to build my house? Right. right. You know, you know, and, you know here's the Go ahead. Oh, and a, another twist on this I think is interesting. Somebody once pointed out to me that it's kind of an American mythology that's the way we're taught history where George Washington is sort of analogous to God the Father, an allegory, and then Abraham Lincoln is analogous to God the Son, and, um, right, because he sets people free, right? Anyway, it's interesting that his bloodline died out. I wonder if there's a conspiracy there. Anyway, that's just a side note. Now, whose bloodline died out? Abraham Lincoln's? Abe Lincoln, yep. Oh, interesting. A bunch of kids. A couple died in, in youth, and then uh, others just didn't have kids. Well, sons. He had three three sons at least, four. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I, um, you know how I studied the stuff about the Illuminati and the New World Order and you know, a lot of the conspiracy type stuff. And if you get deep enough into that, you find that the the Knights Templar, okay, the Knights Templar had a uh, a symbol. And the symbol was the hooked cross, you know. And it's supposedly that this 
symbol of this hooked cross would be um, the secret symbol of the bloodline of Jesus Christ. The little hook on the cross is supposedly the symbol of the child of Jesus. Um, now, these Knights Templar, they believe, supposedly they believe that they're the protectors of that bloodline. And that bloodline supposedly exists even till today. And some even say that this bloodline are the rulers that actually rule the world today. Um, even even the rulers of the... They say that the, the bloodline that leads even to the Queen of England is the uh, bloodline of Jesus. Now... Well, the Illuminati have very some very far, very far east ideas, right? So that yeah. kind of points to the idea. Now, does this... Does this mean that this bloodline is holier or that they're without sin? No. I think they're just like everyday human beings. Um, but but they might have this belief about themselves. Maybe that's the scary part. Right. They believe that they're, they're, they are the divine bloodline, supposedly. Um, you know, do they have any kind of superpowers or any kind of, you know what I mean? Do they have anything that we don't have other than a lot of money and power? Um, you know, that's that's one of those things. you got to leave it up in the air. It's a conspiracy. It's a theory. Um, is there any way to prove it? And do they want that to be even proven? Um, you know, there obviously was a reason that they kept that secret for all these generations if it is true um, you know I would think that if there was a devil and he was trying to stomp out mankind that he tried to even stomp out the bloodline of Jesus you know I mean if that's possible um, or that he'd try to corrupt that bloodline just like he tried to corrupt the rest of the bloodline you know mm-hmm. um yeah, these are just these are all just questions that I ponder in my own mind, I guess. Um things that I think are worthy to be talked about. Um you know what I mean? Uh, interesting stuff. Now also we were in the beginning of the uh the program we were talking about the tomb of Jesus in Kashmir. Um there's a website you know, it's called the tomb of Jesus dot com. Um, I've looked into this a few times. It's pretty interesting stuff. Um, you know, they it's just uh, they put a lot of evidence together on that. Uh, you know, I've heard about Jesus going to India a couple different times, uh, but. I mean, what are your thoughts on this particular subject? Um, I don't know. What? Wait, say it again. I was looking at. I'm sorry. I was looking at the hook cross. That's the X with a hook on it. Is that what you were talking oh, about? Right. The hooked, the hooked cross. Yeah. X shaped. Is that the one? Yeah, the hooked cross. The okay. Knights Templar hooked okay. cross. Okay. Now now refresh me on what you were just saying. I heard it but I wasn't 
but it, I went I went blank. Oh, the Hooked Cross. This is uh, the Knights Templars. They have a symbol, and the symbol of the Knights Templar is a, a hooked cross. Now, they say that the hooked cross, the little hook on the cross, they say that that hook is a symbol of the child of Jesus. Okay, like a like a family tree deal? Yeah, a secret symbol. Anyways, you find that secret symbol all across um, the world in different places that the nice Templar have been. Um, mm-hmm. So, and there's a guy that does a show about this symbol. Um, it's a pretty good show. I've seen it. Um, anyways, people can see this image. Let me see if I can pull up an image. Yeah, it's a little... Oh, here we go. This is a good one. There you go. Um, I put it on the... People can view it right now. And it's just a symbol that has an, an X with a little hook on it. And it's a Knights Templar symbol. Anyways, it's it's everywhere uh, that the Knights Templar has been. Supposedly, it's a, an Illuminati symbol as well. It's amazing how the Crusades changed... Uh, I think the Crusade, like the Knights Templar, they were the Crusaders, right? Or they were the they ran yeah, the Crusaders. The Knights Templar right? were the Crusaders. That's correct. Yeah. Well, I've heard that they brought a lot of things back. Not only treasures, of course, but also 